When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, welcome, welcome to GDX and me. So all those graphics, any type of uh, cool art that you guys seen have been coming from this man right here. And a little small introduction, uh, Colin, if you don't mind, uh, can you give us some insight of where you're from, where you're at, where you're heading? Just a little resume check, uh, <laughs> just to give a little... <laughs> Listeners and viewers out there, uh, an introduction to you if they haven't heard you on our podcast already. Well, yeah, I'll do a really quick recap. I mean, I was in the game industry since 2000, and Visual Concepts, which is now owned by 2K Marin, was my first studio in the Bay Area. Uh, ever since then, I always knew that I wanted to kind of create my own comic book or do my own thing at some point, own my own property, you know, get to do my own art direction, my own characters, everything. So I feel that after 18 years in the game industry, I've decided to kind of take a break and work on a graphic novel, which we'll definitely hopefully talk about a little bit more later. Uh but yeah, I'm not quite sure what else I need to add in there. I mean, I did work on Bioshock 2 with you. And after that, I then worked on the Skylanders uh, franchise for like five years. So that was kind of a big thing. And that was sort of where I ended it. And I decided to take a break and move up to Bend, Oregon. Um, no longer worry about commutes, whatnot, you know, raise our new daughter that we just had two years ago. So that's been a, a big life change. <laughs> yeah, man. Congratulations. But, um, man. but yeah, uh, is there anything else I should maybe add in there? I'm not quite sure. Well, I, 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 this is actually a nice little tidbit for longtime listeners mm -hmm. and people who have been uh, at least following along our own story here. It'd be kind of nice to talk about because 2K was my first official job in the industry. And uh, I think you came on like maybe uh, maybe a couple months after I did or five months after I did. But uh, we it was like a, a project that was I, I wouldn't, wouldn't say complete chaos, but uh, we definitely needed like some order. And you came in to kind of yeah. lead our uh, modeling team there to help out with that was uh so have you to kind of give some insight on how that worked i guess what was your impression going to the project like that not to expand it too 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 much but kind of give like a little story there because i feel like when i first met you too it was uh it was an eye-opener because the, the the modeling team was still pretty uh junior level outside of you coming on and you uh kind of clean house it also, <laughs> god it was also very small for a triple a studio i was kind of shocked you know we had what four people five people <laughs> but yeah for me it was definitely an interesting learning experience because at that point when i was put in that kind of lead role 
I was just a, a yes man. I was so happy to, you know, be given that opportunity. Per usual, I thought the people around me were also, you know, put through a rigorous uh, interviewing process or because of their skills, they were where they were. But yeah, definitely, it was definitely a, a tough road. <laughs> um, man, I mean, I feel like, yeah, I think we had the modeling team happy after a little bit with, you know, our camaraderie of, you know, walks and, you know, actually chatting a lot, doing lunches a lot together, everything, and uh, just being a really capable team. But, uh, yeah, unfortunately, the rest wasn't around us to back us up at that point, you know. So that made life really hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was my first experience of uh, the political game uh, that I was not mm. at all aware uh, at all. Because uh, when you came on, you had at least, like, what, uh, seven years of experience before 2K or eight years? Yeah. I think at that point I had 10 years, but I wasn't really ever involved in politics. You know, I was like most people where I was like, okay, I get paid to do this job. And it wasn't until I got the more creative roles or titles that I realized like you need people around you that believe in creativity, you know, <laughs> and are willing to let you guys kind of run with it. But uh, yeah, I don't want to get too much into that. Cause yeah, I think it'll turn into a big trash talking session, but mm-hmm. uh I feel like at that point, yeah, I was just too young and I didn't know to push back. I mean, that was my one thing is when we were being given un- insane deadlines and constantly being retold uh, or told to redo entire levels that took months to make just because of someone's one random opinion in a meeting. It's like you learn as a leader manager that you need to push back. And if nothing happens from that, then, yeah, you're pretty much screwed <laughs> yeah to put it lightly you know so yeah you either got to get the money or hope there's something better on the horizon yeah yeah and i don't want to go too deep into it because it's it's a mm-hmm. deep hole i just want to paint a picture mm-hmm. of where we were at least uh, uh the last time i worked with you at, at a physical location and kind of like uh gl- like grazing past a few more like games mm-hmm. that you put out to where you are right now. So at, at some point, right. Um, which is the, the focal point of this talk or this conversation is that you decided to hit a pause button and it sounds mm-hmm. very casual when I say it, but like it's, <laughs> it's heart wrenching because I, I myself gone through this little men- mental shift where uh, just to kind of give you a little insight and then I'll, I'll definitely uh, throw it back to you where mm-hmm. I had to just just rethink uh, what I'm used to, like a, a like a comfortable salary. Uh, you know, I, I put in my two weeks and then I get two weeks out of a paycheck out of it and somewhat reliable until, you know, get laid off or whatever, at least a, a faux pas uh a version of reliability uh but there's some comfort into that but at some point like every developer wishes what you've done is like being able to you know i want to focus on other things i have enough comfortable uh income where i can do this and just make the move 
over to Oregon. Can you kind of talk about that pivotal moment where you were kind of stockpiling your cash, making the decision, should I, shouldn't I? Like, can you kind of walk us through that moment where to finally, when you decided to go with it, like what was going through your mind? Well, once again, I don't want to sound like I'm doing another bitch session, but uh, I think it reminded me once again of 2K where I was at, or at least the the team I was with, not not 2K. I mean, we all know that teams change every couple of years. People come, go, teams get laid off. But yeah, I was at another studio where it was just kind of the same thing. It was, uh, or not same thing, but you know, we had an art director who didn't care to be there and work on games. We... Um, God, as an environment concept artist, you know, 3D modeler, builder, world creator, I was never invited to the game design meetings to even talk about the uh, composition or what the theme of the levels would be. So, you know what I mean? After a while, you realize that you're back in that same pattern of just, hey, get a paycheck. Don't worry about making the best level, the best product, the best because it's just not going to happen. You know, you can push, push, you can reach out for help. You can ask leads, Hey, I've been doing all this work. You know, I created the last two levels that were used at our, you know, toy conventions or E3 and you still get no respect. So I think for me at one point, it just came down to that, no respect. And of course the typical commute in the Bay, you know how it is. It's just crazy rent, everything. So you got to live further and further away from your studios. (laughs) And I just needed a break to do my own thing. I mean, I've always wanted to do my own comic. And if that means I can also own my own property and characters and, uh, just something that I can put on my portfolio that shows, Hey, I'm capable of creating art directing, you know, concepting. I mean, I have my color palettes I mean, I'll probably show some pages later, but you know, I got a very interesting color palette going with some of my stuff. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, that was kind of my final move right there was I just knew the next couple of years were going to be hell and our studio was either going to go down or we were going to get nothing but, you know, typical trademark work again instead of fun, creative work. And sure enough, that has happened. So I'm kind of glad I left, made the move. It's given me a lot of time to also hang with my kid. But yeah, we'll talk about that also later because there are when we talk about my daily schedule, it's definitely not a... A nine to five, you know, five days a week. It's all over the place right now. So, um, so yeah. that, I mean, aside from location, um, because ever since I've known you, you've been in the Bay Area for a long time. You're not originally from mm-hmm. there, but uh, you spent a good amount of your career in the Bay Area, um, all the mm-hmm. way since uh, Sega, right, all the way to. To the point where you left to Oregon. Um, <laughs> so how was that? Well, what was didn't... what was the attraction there? Like, how, why Oregon of all places? Uh, well, that's not really a uh, game related like incident or anything. That was just uh, my wife and I were just trying to figure out where we wanted to move. And I didn't really like any area around the bay. Didn't want to move to Tahoe because that's not really a you know city, a town, anything. And Northern California is a little uh, too many small towns. Nothing really there. So we found Bend, Oregon, and 
gosh, it's this beautiful, you know, mountain ski town with a river that runs through it. We have lots of um, beer, you know, fests that go on and breweries in town. And I mean, it just seems like a nice, more smaller town that I kind of need right now. You know, I was definitely sick of the traffic, the commute in the Bay Area. And it's just, um, yeah, I wish I had a better answer to why we picked this town, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to run through a lot of your artwork while we do this interview. But um, so last time we talked, uh, you were going into your uh, your hobby. You're now your profession. But um, you actually are one of the few developers that I know that have able to kind of balance uh, two different skill set within the game industry. You're a 3D artist as well as an excellent 2D artist that you've kept up over the years. I remember at least at 2K, you were in the parking lot kind of inking, <laughs> inking your, your pages during lunch breaks and stuff just to kind of, uh, you know, just a mental shift uh, in your workflow. Now, how did you get into this business? Because that, that other side of like enjoying how to do things, uh, mm-hmm. like kind of restarting that network too, is like a whole different skill to kind of keep mm-hmm. up, to make sure that is, uh, something viable for yourself. Uh, yeah. I mean, keep in mind when I got into the game industry, I was a little shocked because I figured most artists knew how to draw a little bit. Cause you know, growing up, <laughs> I didn't have a computer, Photoshop, anything. It was all comic books. You know, I love certain cartoons. So you want to draw, get creative. And it was definitely, I think, when I finally got into the game industry, you know, after all the interviewing and, oh, we got to look at your portfolio, this and that, I was kind of shocked. I was like, wow, it seems like only 10, 20% of artists actually know how to draw. And uh, 3D is just kind of uh, a secondary, you know, creative tool but I've always preferred drawing because it keeps me, I think, creative. It's uh, anytime I do a level or have to come up with something new, especially at Skylanders, which I loved, uh, I could really draw upon my color palettes and my just fun, saturated colors, uh, my creativity of all my days back in the day with playing with Legos and, you know, rebuilding constantly new stuff. But um So, yeah, to me, though, also drawing comic books is a little more or less stressful. I mean, we all know in the 3D world, it just changes so much. Technology is so crazy at times. People just assume, you know, give the art team a a month and they'll be up and rolling from, you know, this new interior software to, you know, uh, another software we just bought, like uh, Unreal or something, which is, you know, great programs. But it always takes time to learn, to be efficient And with my art, I feel like I can definitely just sit back and I don't want to say basic skills because it does take a lot of, you know, compositing and uh, all sorts of, I don't know, random skills. Yeah, we'll say, but it's a lot less tech intensive than the game industry. So right now it's nice taking a little break from the tech part Um, I'm sure anytime I have to go back, I mean, we all know it just takes a few months or a little bit of time to just pick up what that team is actually using 
And then luckily I have my well of creativity to draw from thanks to my drawing and everything and my constant coloring. And uh, whereas I feel other artists, they might just, you know, know how to use a 3D program and look at an image and copy it. But uh, I do also love the fact that I will have more on my resume. Like I said, I have video games now. I have, thanks to you and a few other people, I have some, you know, apparel like shirts and stuff I've done logos for. I got to do a beer logo for um, Bear Roots Brewing Company down there in, uh, what is it? Irvine? No. La, La Vista, California. I think it's down near San Diego. Mm-hmm. And I got to do a Feast of Flat. Uh, what is it? Uh, yeah, Feast of Flesh, the new Wendy's D&D game. I got to do some top-down maps. Thanks to my buddy, uh, Alex Lopez, who I also worked with at 2K Visual Concepts in the early 2000s. And now I'm going to have, you know, uh, eight issues with another comic printed by Antarctic Press. So it's kind of a nice repertoire, my uh, portfolio, you know, resume, whatever. And it feels good. So I'm hoping that in the future, this will, you know, allow me to one day, if I ever go back to maybe a big city or a job or something, and I look better as a potential for an art director, creative director or something, rather than just, uh, you know, in the seat artist. So I don't think enough, (laughs) (laughs) I don't think enough credit is due right there. I mean, like, um, uh, we can always tell a great 2D artist through 3D, at least um, I've noticed, right? How you can kind of bring over all those lessons in composition and color theory back into the 3D art. And it just elevates the art form itself uh, within a game environment. Uh, you're talking about taking that step away, man, from the industry to kind of better your skill. Because I, I think... Uh, uh, me and you can both relate being in a game development cycle where it's three to five years or something. We're kind of mm-hmm. stuck. Yes, there are some creative uh, flexibility there, but you're still working within a box. Most likely you're repeating the same techniques over and over to kind of get the asset out or level out or whatever. Uh, there's very little time to really explore and experiment. Most of that is done, mm-hmm. I think you can agree, at the beginning of a game cycle. But during it, which is the big chunk of it, 75 to 80% of the game, is more about just repeating, rinse, and just putting it out there mm-hmm. just to get things going. So I would say most developers don't have that uh fast growth that we all would like to dedicate time to. And, uh, and I think you and I uh, just being in those circles now in a smaller development team that independent developers or, or smaller developers or at least shorter dev cycles have tremendous growth and versatility and is able to just do pretty much a little bit of everything. And when they bring it back into a, like a big studio, they are like light years above um, other developers who are kind of used to this, um, this cog like machine. Right. Mm. So I don't know if you're there yet. And you kind of talk about a little bit how you uh, kind of tampered with different uh, projects, like taking a break from Hazel and working on that D and D game. Uh, for your friend, mm-hmm. uh, 
how was that like transition? Did you find yourself going back into that? It's like, man, um, resuming back to this workflow, I, I feel like, <laughs> I mean, you're getting used to it again, but also like, um, yeah. you probably well, feel pretty good too, the, pretty strong, right? Well, yeah, that was another one where I'm sure every artist can relate to is uh, even when, you know, they contacted me, they love my work, you know, after my buddy showed them my portfolio, but they were still, of course, like, okay, but can you do top-down maps, you know? Because, <laughs> uh, you know, if you draw characters, 3D, whatever, everybody wants to see what they're going to probably get from you already on your website. So I did have to do a little test, uh, which they did like. But, yeah, it was definitely a tough transition because, I mean, I knew I could do it, but the timeline was very, very short, so I didn't get to be very creative with it. It was pretty much, you know, here's a street, here's a house, here's your layout. Whereas if I had more time, I would have loved to have gone in there and definitely, you know, added more of like a pond with some, you know, treasure trust around it or whatever, more broken wood, just more decorative, you know, scene, scene work. So, I mean, it came down to like two days for one map and all in Photoshop top down. But it was awesome, like I said, because now I'm going to get a big booklet with, you know, my work in it. Hopefully people are playing it. My buddy Alex did an amazing job on the, you know, characters. So it looks like people definitely know it's a quality, you know, product at least. But um yeah, it was tough because I did some major late nights. That's, you know, I pretty much have to watch my kid most of the day. I mean, we do have a babysitter from time to time, but I use my nights to really get my art done. And when the D&D came, that's when I was literally staying up till like 3 or 4 a.m. in the morning. And then I would sleep to 9 or 10 the next day. And, you know, my kid would come back from the babysitter. <laughs> So, yeah, it's definitely been a crazy lifestyle right now. I mean, even with this comic that you see, Hazel, right here, I'll talk about this flip book in a moment. But, um, yeah, it's just pretty much I live my nights doing all this. I mean, I try to sleep as much in the day and then from 8 to 9 at night to hopefully 12, 2 a.m. in the morning, I try to pump this comic book out. So um, when this is finally over at the end of the year, which I'm hoping early January into December, I can finally go back to playing a few video games, which I haven't done in a long time and go to bed at early, you know, regular hours and focus more on hanging out with our kid and my wife, of course. But um, yeah, so that was that was definitely a wrench because once I was done also with the D&D, &D, switching back into Hazel took me a few days. I mean, you had to get back in the zone of penciling again and uh, drawing. I mean, it's, I mean, like I've always said, it's definitely scary seeing a blank sheet of paper and having to, you know, put quality work on it. So That's all I have for that. <laughs> well, I kind of want to ask you more about this mm -hmm. because you took on mm -hmm. a couple of challenges or new challenges all at once, right? Yeah, you, you're you have a mm -hmm. newborn. She's about two years old now, but you kind of started this kind of new path in Oregon. It sounded like you kind of you kind of settled uh, in Oregon and then had that baby <laughs> right after yeah. 
the house because it ha- happened pretty within the year, right? If I remember it correctly, like pretty fast. Uh, uh, yes, it wasn't planned, but it was obviously, I mean, it worked out perfectly. So, I mean, we moved. My wife works from home, thankfully, right now. I, you know, took time off, which I think I mentioned on my last podcast. I got to finally learn how to do home improvement, which is cool. So did tile work, you know, built fence, redid my back deck, paint, you know, all sorts of stuff. So it was kind of also a multi-growing experience. I mean, anything art related, I am definitely still doing just in trying out different tools, mediums. And right now it's going to be my graphic novel and video games and 3D will always be there, I assume, because it's, yeah, I think it's pretty easy to jump back in and pick it back up. Well, kind of to talk more about your schedules and and how you balance that. You're you spend a good amount of your life, right? Uh, pretty much used to doing. Aside from your wife, or, or not doing your wife, but I'm saying aside from spending time with your wife or spending time with family, right? You kind of had time to yourself to kind of focus on your craft. So how was that, man? When now you have a newborn and other responsibilities that take a lot of your time. And you're kind of talking about now you're kind of like a night owl to make sure that you put in the amount of dedication. Do you feel like, although, yes, you have a lot more responsibilities, um, how do you keep yourself competitive, let's say, to a Colin, uh, Colin Fogel that isn't married or has a kid? Like, how do you still build up your skills and do everything that you want to do but without the time that you used to have. And I think this is a problem that most artists as they age uh, encounter a lot. And I kind of want to hear your thoughts about that, man. Oh, yeah. I'm not, oof. yeah, I don't really know what to say on that. I mean, I do know that you have, because um, I don't know. I mean, maybe if you're single and you don't have what I have, you might, procrastinate a little more or maybe you won't right. it comes down to the drive i guess so i mean i still definitely need to procrastinate take a little time to myself but yeah it feels like definitely certain times especially when the kid's not here it's like okay i have to make do with my limited time and just push forward but um originally it was a lot easier and now that i'm you know, at the, what is it, the point of no return where I do have a publisher, they do have set dates for me. It does feel real. Uh, I am now having to, yeah, just step up and use a lot of my nighttime every free time and just hope for the finish. I mean, it would be nice if I could work on a project that doesn't take over a year. You know, I mean, video games takes a few years. Uh, this comic has taken me a year and a half. <laughs> But uh, if I did have a full week off, eight-hour day, I'm sure it would have been done a lot quicker. So I don't really know how to say how I keep the edge over someone else, though, that might have all that free time. I mean, it's... Well, let me kind of pin an example, right? Like uh, in a work studio or any type of settings that you're around other colleagues and stuff, it's easy to kind of look over your shoulder as like, well, you know, I kind of started... When he started, therefore, we should kind of mm. end up at the same. So you're constantly kind of being friendly competition in friendly competition with your colleague too. Mm. And that kind of helps, you know, some kind of improvement. Uh, but like 
now that we're discovering and you've been doing this longer than I have, just working in your office alone, aside from maybe like browsing art station or something like that, uh, there is that mm-hmm. lack of, uh, it's not motivation, but like not, I mean, there is that freedom and comfort where it's like, Hey, you know, it's up to me if I want to finish this or not, mm-hmm. but you don't have that nagging feeling that your buddy is like kind of one upping you every time or every deadline or every stand up. You know what I mean? I, I don't know uh, uh, if you ever thought about that or it affects you in any way. Uh, you know, it never has. I've never been one of those people. I think it's always just been um, do the best that I can. And I feel like that's always worked out, but uh, I wonder if it's just because my style from my comic book background has allowed me to kind of, feel like any game I work on or anything I work on, I can kind of um, adjust my style to fit that, I guess. But I don't know. I think to me, it's just, yeah, it comes down to drive and passion. I mean, it's, it's like we, I'm sure you've talked about this many times. Like you can have a studio full of a hundred people and you find out later on that maybe four of those people are attempting to work on their own video games outside of work. You know, everybody else just goes home, plays video games or does whatever. So it definitely does come down to the individual with that drive and passion. And like I said, I right now have a drive and passion to hopefully own something that can, you know, a product that can make me money or someone want to make a toy off of or a video game or a movie or something. So uh, if the paycheck, though, it keeps you happy and you're okay with, you know, your apartment and your crazy commute, even though you've been in the industry for 10, 15 years, that's great. But I feel like this is maybe another option to get me what I want or where I need to go. So. Well, that's the big question. Um, Do you have at least a set idea of what you want to do in five, 10 years. I mean, you're discovering like this Um, new, new industry, which is the comic industry, which mm -hmm. I want to talk a bit about your, your first major deal that you're working on right now, but also Mm -hmm. um, that's like a different trajectory, right? Uh, Within games, we kind of like, you made it through Lee, you made it as senior lead, you know, maybe come back as creative director. Sure. Mm -hmm. But that's a different path from where you are right now uh, in a different industry. Like what, what is a, you want to like a Marvel movie mate (laughs) or what? Well, well, actually, yeah, let me go back really quick to, you know, I feel like some people, you know, they get things handed to them like not everybody so i don't want to make this a blanket statement please forgive me but um you know you and i have kind of worked with you know an art director that can't draw we'll say and so you and i both know no matter how hard we work we'll probably never get that because we need connections or need another you know executive producer or whatever but I've noticed that there's a lot of comic book artists that get way more credibility and, you know, they're now getting scooped up by game companies to be their art director and whatnot and this and that. So I'm also hoping that aside from creating my own product, you know, comic book, everything, um, it also just gets me exposure to people like that who might be like, oh, man, we love this guy's style. He's obviously creative. He can probably do medieval, futuristic, whatever. Um, he has his own book published. He's got a name out there. Let's bring him on as our creative director, you know, or something. So I'm hoping kind of this opens avenues 
in all fields, but I do hope obviously that I get more of a, uh, more of an opening in the comic book industry. Cause I would love to do a lot more conventions, meet a lot more pros. You know, I've just always had a lot of idols that I've never been able to meet. I mean, good luck going to a comic con and actually talking to any of these people and seeing how they do it, you know, what they do on their, you know, what their daily schedules like, um, just watching them sketch or how they actually draw, you know, certain things compose. Uh, so yeah. And then from there, of course, yeah, just hoping it snowballs. I mean, I think like everybody, I, I hope to God one day at E3 or something, or even at a comic con, I mean, I see someone dressed as Hazel walking around, you know, I'd love to see a cosplayer or if I ever get money, I might try to commission that if this comic book actually picks up, you know, picks up. But um, yeah, so it's, yeah, all about drive passion. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you mind kind of giving me like a, in the audience out there, a kind of like a peek of where the comic industry is right now? Because when you talk about Comic-Con 2, it's kind of been like dominated by Hollywood, right? Being with their press conferences and stuff. Is it more like uh, people trying to get a movie deal now or a show deal? Is that the end game uh, for a lot of comic artists? You know, I'm really not sure what everybody is out there, believe it or not. I mean, I am so, God, I mean, like I said, I don't even play video games anymore in the last two years because I'm just spending all my free time trying to draw if I can. But um, let's see here. Well, how how did this comic deal come about? Like, uh, was it through networking like you mentioned before? Like, because it seems like it's a, it's a tough, um, tough industry to get into. Yeah, it's definitely really tough. I mean, I think what gave me my biggest boost was when I first sent out my first pitch like a year ago and I heard back from Dark Horse within a week. And that kind of gave me my boost like, OK, yes, I think I have the quality work to make it. Um. So this is the right avenue. Um, you know, I mean, it is a lot of time and you always sit there and second guess yourself. So if you're always like, oh, my God, is all this time and effort worth it? And then in a year, nobody wants to publish it. And then I'm screwed doing it myself. I don't have the time, money to do all this. So I definitely needed to find a publisher. And um, unfortunately, with Dark Horse, they just stopped. I mean, they wanted you know, work done with my script and story. And anyway, long story short, I am now luckily with Antarctic press down in um, Texas. And uh, yeah, it just feels good knowing that something's going to get out there to the public. You know, I mean, I'm not a promoter really. I can't really go to comic cons. I mean, they're definitely, like you said, being taken over by a lot of Hollywood movie stuff and actors and cosplayers and whatnot. But um I'm still, yeah, just, oof. so yeah, I don't really have a pulse on the comic industry quite yet. I'm hoping once this book comes out, I'll get more of a better idea of, you know, how it's going, where I stand. Um, the end goal is to definitely make money back. So if a studio does wind up buying it, that's probably the best way if it doesn't sell as well, you know, in comic book form. But um uh, I do see it as a gorgeous video game or movie. That's for sure. One day. So we shall see. Mm -hmm. 
Well, let's talk about Hazel. Uh, it's about to see its first print, right? Uh, you were talking about it to me mm-hmm. on a personal level, but do you mind kind of sharing that piece of news as well? Uh, yes. Uh, so originally it was going to be a three issue mini series and luckily the editors down at an art press, they have another very gorgeous, great comic book called uh, interstellar dust, which is by CJ Hudson and, uh, Ben Flores. And it's, uh, it's more of a space comic book. Mine's more of a futuristic, you know, mine's definitely in New York in the future. I wanted to do more of a, a special agent team that has to go, you know, into the sewers, the depths. So that's why they have these sort of gas, you know, helmets that they can wear underwater and gas, whatever uh, poisonous locations. But, um, and I mean, it does have a little bit of that Japanese anime theme. So if you notice the bathing suit with a little bit of skin showing, I originally wanted more, <laughs> but I <laughs> uh, got, got to keep it a little, you know, uh, realistic, I guess. But um, yeah, so anyway, in February is when it should be published in this, you know, double feature called Offworld, even though my comic's called Hazel and theirs is called Interstellar Dust. They're going to do a flip book. That way, my three issues won't be three issues. They'll be in six issues now. And then hopefully if it does well, I'll get a director's cut three issue print afterward. And if it does well, I'm hoping I can find someone to actually do the uh, combined graphic novel sex. I think most people also like buying that where it's just in one book. But um, yeah, so that's how that's gone so far. I mean, it's definitely, I mean, God, just the unknown of knowing if anybody would publish it was the scariest part, like I said, because I do feel it's quality work. It's just... um, yeah, you got to hope, you know, they get so many pitches and you got to hope you're the one that they want to publish. So that definitely feels good. So I'm also and, um, definitely interested in how, um, as you are kind of building this up and getting a lot of traction with your new career, which is, uh, I, I think mm-hmm. a lot of people, when they hear about this, it's scary as fuck because you're... <laughs> Basically, uh, starting a new industry when starting new connections and there might be some overlap. Thankfully, we are all geeks uh, that there are some connections out there to kind of help you kind of boost you through things. Uh, but kind of taking mm-hmm. that pause button, uh, I'm sure like we, we talk uh, often enough and you, I'm sure you talk to other friends that are still in the industry. Being able to step away from it for the last two years, correct? Uh, what? Three. Yeah. What kind of or conversations? Three now. Is it three years? It's been three now, but um, or maybe two and a half. But yeah, I, I think uh, what's keep, kept me relevant is that I keep working on art and I keep you know posting it because I am working on Hazel. I do feel that my art is you know improving you know, every month that I work on it. So I feel like that leaves the gates open. You know, I have a lot of ex coworkers that do contact me and uh, offer me free, not free jobs, but offer me contract work or whatnot. And they see that I'm still, you know, staying relevant and still working. You know, I haven't just fallen off and all my skills are going to waste and whatnot. Um, I'm still very well driven and still attempting, or at least this will be like my one shot probably for a while at doing like my own, 
dream. I mean, I would love to do probably a video game as well, but I just feel like that would just require me to have to have more people and a lot more time to do, which I just can't. So right now the comic book seems more feasible, but, um, yeah, don't, don't get me wrong. Oh man. Every time I do see some video games, I just want to jump back in and do some very you know <laughs> fun creative work. Cause I feel like it's, yeah, it's kind of lacking out there right now. A lot of it's more that realistic and indie indie games where the the cool styles are actually coming from. So, mm-hmm. well, I kind of want to ask you about how, um, aside from uh, kind of taking a step back, but and and still keeping contact with all your friends that value your skill set, mm-hmm. that. Um, it's something that I don't feel a lot of game developers talk about when they kind of take their foot off the pedal uh, when it comes to just just one-upping themselves with the next big game, right? Uh, I think that's like a, mm-hmm. like a death cycle that can happen. But uh, I want you to kind of explain how the other aspects of your life being better. Like the... The ability to kind of watch your your daughter grow. Mm-hmm. I mean, the s- simple things like that, mm-hmm. I feel like I didn't really think about. Uh, I mean, I've been only at this for like five, six months, way shorter than you have. But it was mm-hmm. uh, it was something that I dreamt about, but not really fully appreciated as soon as I started to work from home and focus mm-hmm. on my own thing where I was like, holy crap, like all this stuff I was missing out and would have kept on missing out and uh just appreciating life itself where game dev Mm -hmm. is very uh demanding of your time in the office as we all know um yeah i don't i mean i feel like maybe i've been a little spoiled so i haven't really thought about uh too much about what i'm missing nowadays because I did, uh, I mean, I, I did enjoy going to work. You know, every company I had, I always had a group of buddies or I'm the type where every hour or so I had to get up and just go say hi or see, you know, what people were working on and whatnot. So I did enjoy kind of that aspect, you know, the camaraderie, the chatting with other creative people. Right now, I'm definitely more in my own element, just, you know, in a beautiful area with my family. But yeah, I guess the whole nine to five, Monday through Friday aspect, the commute, uh, working with people that you know don't really have a vision at all and whatnot, all that stress and everything is just kind of out of the way. Um, Everything relies on me, so I'm definitely a lot more pickier and still a little hard on myself, you know, when I'm drawing and whatnot, I... I hope every page looks like gold, even though it's not. So I got to push on through. But um, yeah, definitely. I mean, it is a trip. I mean, it is awesome being able to have this time to yeah hang out with my kid. That's that's true. I mean, most people I've met, they're like, you're lucky. You know, I guess they don't really see a dad walking their kid around in the daytime that often, you know. So. <laughs> um, and, uh, but yeah, I mean, life is still limited. I mean, it's still like work, I guess I, because I do have my comic, but maybe when this is over, it'll definitely feel like I've escaped again for a little bit. <laughs> it is something that I, um, 
picked up on where the day kind of just slips past much faster than mm. I realized. Because I think with the nine to five job, I was kind of counting the seconds <laughs> where it felt a little longer. Mm. But at the instant when we were, uh, I shifted to working for myself, I was like, oh my God, it's already 5 p.m. I had, like I, I didn't get through half the things I wanted to do. Like, did you find yourself in those situations? Like the day just completely just escaped. Um, yeah. I mean, I will say that time has been flying by. That, that's for sure. Uh, but yeah, it's also because I'm hoping I make more progress on my book. So I, I think that right now has me in a mental lock where, I mean, this has been a year and a half project, so I wish I could feel more freer, like I said, but it still is. Uh, I mean, I'm not right now thinking about vacations, you know, taking days off, really going for, you know, even trips around Bend. It's pretty much, you know, unfortunately, every free minute I'm like, ooh, okay, I got to jump back on page 11, 12, 13, and then I have to color them. So, um, when I initially moved up here, though, it did feel very, oh, my gosh, I can't explain the the feeling in my body, mental, everything. It was just such a, um, God, relief, amazing. Just, yes, I'm starting a new turn in my life. You know, I'm moving to a more beautiful location. Um, you know, everybody says the Bay Area is nice because all these, you know, people you know probably are nicer but when you hit the highway and you start driving you realize that's not true you know? <laughs> so uh, yeah everybody's out for themselves so um but yeah it's been a nice slowdown uh very relaxing i mean i enjoy still doing a lot of fun yard work too and whatnot to break up my time when i hang with my kids so that's yeah getting more fresh air and whatnot <laughs> Uh, both of our grandparents actually just moved up, so that's amazing. Um, I haven't lived near my parents in like 20 years now, so this is going to be a definite another turn in the chapter. So it's nice having them here. Yeah, man. Like t- talk about that because that's mm-hmm. something I didn't really. I think everybody kind of thinks about and appreciate it in some way. It'd be nice to have family, but until you have your little yeah. little clan of your own with a kid and a wife. <laughs> Where you start to be like, hey, man, I can't get enough of hanging out with my family or close mm-hmm. friends. How was that like a uh, conversation come about? Because your your parents and your wife's parents aren't originally from Oregon. They just decided yeah. that was a time shift that that allowed, you know, to spend more time with their grandchildren. Well, yeah, my parents are from, you know, Tucson. That's where I lived for God, like six, seven years before I went to, you know, Phoenix for college and then to the Bay area. But yeah, um, I've always, whenever I've gone back to visit, yeah, I've always been like, Oh my God, this is so awesome. Hanging out, doing little walks with my family. Uh, you know, they obviously have usually dog, you know, a dog or something and we still don't have one, (laughs) but yeah, I just see my sisters too, the kids, everything. And it just sucks when you work, in a game industry or in a, at a studio where you're, you're given just certain dates. I mean, you know how it is. They're like, no, we're in crunch mode. So you can't go anywhere for six months. And then that crunch turns to nine months to a year to a year and a half. And you're just given a few days to maybe fly back to see your family. 
And then you realize that certain people at your company, leads or producers, they don't care to travel or go anywhere. So they expect everybody to be at the studio, you know, all year round. So I guess, uh, yeah, I mean, also leaving gave me time to just think about that and spend some time more with family. And now that they're coming up here, that's going to be even better. You know, I'm hoping my sisters and whatnot maybe follow suit in time. But um, I'd imagine it's better than living in Phoenix. It probably helps that Uh, you're really selling them on it, I'm sure, because of all the visits. It was uh, very convincing. I think like most people, yeah, when they come up here, they're like, oh my gosh, what a a cute town. You know, it's almost, I don't know whether to call it a city or town, but uh, it does have that nice small city or town vibe. Uh, Yeah, um, we get all four seasons up here. You know, I mean, I know I enjoyed the sun down in Cali, but I also enjoyed seeing some rain, some snow every so often and some color in the sunsets you know (laughs) but uh yeah so what you're looking at right here on the screen too is just uh one of my first two page spreads just showing the team um originally it was just going to be hazel i wanted to feel more like a batman style comic where she does solo missions and you know we have unique villains and whatnot and my writer um MLS Weech or Matthew Leistikow, one of my old buddies, he decided to, you know, create a team. That way we can have some character development with Hazel. So that's how we got Swan, Jinx, and uh, Chloe in here. And uh, I mean, there's another growing lesson for me is I used to just draw like one character. Now I have to draw multiple characters and panels and everything. And that just another learning experience, another skill I had to develop, Um, you know, get that composition, everything. So where do, as a creative person that is uh, especially starting, uh, because I I relate comic artists as a lot like a, like a writer, right? You're, you're sitting there at your desk, you're kind of creating this whole world in your own head and putting down on paper which requires a lot of inspiration, a lot of experiences um, mm. to to be able to tell a good story. Uh, Hazel is something that you've had in your mind for a long time. Uh, what has mm. been the main inspiration from this? Um, you were talking about a little bit influence from Batman and and other comics that you you love, but this is a story that I, I for as long as I've known you, have been trying to tell yeah. and kind of put it on paper. Where did it come from? Well. Originally, I did a, you know, more of a kid fantasy or what is it, a medieval children's style book. It was called Dark Holidays. And that was, you know, I did get an offer from Ape Entertainment back in the day. I don't know if they're still around. I mean, now I'm wishing I had them publish it. But back in the day, I was like, no, this is, you know, too little of money for all my time I've been spending on it. But after pitching that around, it just seemed like nobody was into, you know, medieval fantasy, even though I know people love that. So I'm just assuming the editors at, you know, these comic companies were like, no. So I switched to a more futuristic, just, uh, I didn't want, I don't want to say typical comic, but I was like, all right, I'll do, you know, modern or futuristic version of a comic story. And God, it, it, Definitely took a while to evolve because originally Hazel was a guy 
Um, I felt way more comfortable drawing, you know, men's proportions out of whack. And I feel like with women, it's, oh, I mean, I still don't have it nailed down. I mean, every body type is different, you know, every thigh, hip, uh, stomach area, just God, you know, the shortness and length of a body is just all so different. <laughs> and for women, it's a lot harder to make it look nicer. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, I don't know if I want to say sexier or just, you know, aesthetically pleasing, but with men, you can exaggerate. So anyway, that was a big transition. I did have one of my original writers that contracted me back in the day, uh, James Nines, that just suggested like, oh, maybe you should try a female. So I wound up changing her to a female and the costume obviously looked god awful for a while. I mean, I went through so many changes I initially tried inking it, and in the end, I realized just penciling and then coloring was going to be the best, quickest way to go. But um, one thing I do want to show at one point is just kind of my roughs, just to show people, like, how crappy, I don't know if you can see, like, my roughs are for my pages. <laughs> and then once it goes from, like, that, that's when I eventually turn it, you know, into an actual comic page where you know, looks very well done and colored, but, you know, just so everybody knows, the initial state is usually just really, really rough and loose, just to give me an idea. Um, this usually works good, but sometimes I do have to spend more time going back to these because, as we all know, pre-production is key. Uh, which drove me wild about the game industry is pre-production in the game industry seems to be the, Hey, let's, you know, goof off and do whatever the hell we want. And we'll figure it out during the actual, you know, process, <laughs> but it's great to figure it out all before you actually begin that journey and try to concept out as much as you can. Cause it makes you want to redo less work later. <laughs> And I think that's something that a concept artist understands a lot better than other discipline uh, because uh, a writer or a concept artist, I keep always relating these two disciplines of being very similar because you kind of have to think of, of a world way before anybody else does uh, that has mm. the full details and explanation uh, and branches all explained before anybody comes on board. And uh, I think a lot of other disciplines kind of take that for granted where uh, when they kind of jump on, they just figure as they go, which unless or you actually, are... Just... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, let me just jump in really fast. Unless you have like we talked about maybe like an art director or art lead that will allow you to actually use some of your skills and your creative abilities. Cause I mean, I'm just saying that based on my past experiences where they're like, Nope, we're going to get you a concept. And so that's where it's like, okay, I wish you guys would have spent time early on figuring this out instead of having no respect or trust in your art team to maybe come up with something cool, you know? So, sorry, I just wanted to add that in there. Yeah. I mean, the pipeline gets kind of cogged up. I think this is where the frustration comes in. Yeah. It's not normal for games to take five years plus. Uh, I think if everything was executed <laughs> correctly, it usually takes uh, two to three years. I keep using this example in mm -hmm. recent 
uh, memory, uh, Death Stranding. I don't know if you kept up with that game. It's the Hideo Kojima game. I know you're not quite a fan, but it's his new game. It's the guy behind Metal Gear. Uh, hopefully, I'm not telling oh, okay. you. Yeah, right? So Metal Gear is my favorite trilogy. But basically, uh, his last game that's about to be, be released is something I keep referencing to because it's a, it's a game that took three years from concept mm-hmm. to production. And that is just unheard of uh, in now a day times with AAA development. From mm-hmm. the time he announced it, it was still in like concept stage. And it only took him three years well, of been, pure I, execution. Yeah. I'm sorry. I I haven't had my subscription to Game Informer in a while. And like I said, my head's just been in a hole like working on this comic. So I have not been following the game industry and whatnot. Yeah. But that's awesome. I mean, that also kind of reminds me of another issue. I'll just bring this up really fast is I know that when people look for concept artists nowadays, they're like, Oh, you have to draw realistically. You know, I want the light. I want the highlights. I want it to look like I'm looking at a, a photo almost. And I love that that artist, which nobody really seems to bring up, is he has a very loose, sketchy style, comic book style. But, you know, it's very stylized, looks fantastic. And they were able to go, okay, we can easily take this cool comic sketch and we'll give it to a 3D modeler that'll, you know, make it look realistic in our video game. And so I kind of get annoyed sometimes when I come across studios where they're like, no, we're looking for, you know... (laughs) concept but you have to know how to draw realistic or something we're not looking for the creativity for what you you know you bring you just have to have that skill of copying a a photo almost or something so uh kudos to him for still you know being in charge and god trying i'm sure he's got the right people around him if he did it in three years oh yeah check that out well a lot of it is uh that team in particular worked together for for many years and so when they formed the new studio he brought a lot of their his senior guys and was who were ready to kind of hit the ground running which is the essential part to any game development team uh where you kind of know how everyone works and just need that that high fidelity visual idea uh to Mm -hmm. execute so oh yeah the trust yeah But now that you're like um, mostly solo, man, like how do you miss <laughs> do you miss clonking hits with other other uh, people like such as myself? Well, I mean, how was that process for you? Well, now- no, that's a great point. I mean, I'm one of those where if you know, like when we worked on XCOM, I thought that was hilarious when the uh, Australian team, you know, they seemed to come up with all the cool, fun, creative stuff. Like they had the bus. Remember when we had the alien goo that would take over items and maybe, you know, start to move. Mm -hmm. I remember one day they messed around and they made a school bus that had, you know, tentacles at the bottom and was riding around. And it was just funny that everybody thought that was the coolest thing. And then our leads and people were just like, Oh yeah, that's dumb. Get that out of here. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) So it's kind of interesting, you know, I'm one of those where it's like, if I see something just cool and fun, you know, you probably want to put it in. Like, I don't understand how some people think or work, but, um, so for me, that wasn't really a big issue, you know, working with other artists that have ideas or anything. It was only the people that would come with, uh, 
a really broad statement about something. And because of that, the entire fun, creative concept that was just, you know, caught up or even modeled is just thrown out the door. That's where I kind of, I don't miss that. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if I, if I can one day on a company and, you know, someone mentions, you know, Hey, let's redo these four pages because, you know, I don't like this building or this location. That's where it's like, okay, I need to get you out of here, you know, or you're no longer allowed to these meetings. If our time and effort and money is, you know, nothing to you, I guess, (laughs) or when it comes to statements like that, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's something that I think uh, is a growing pain. And I kind of remind, I want to remind anybody that's watching, feel free to ask questions. Uh, these are just my own curiosity. I'll be sure to kind of ask Colin through there too, through our Twitch chat or wherever you guys are watching. <laughs> but uh, feedback and critiques is something that is a uh, balance that, I don't know. I think some artists and some developers uh, have a handle on things. I myself is, uh, I don't know. I feel like it comes with like, well, let me look at your resume first. All right. Proceed with the feedback, <laughs> which which is tough because um, it doesn't always work like that. I mean, you kind of come into an environment with established leads or whatever, and and so you kind of have to please and uh, pick your battles a bit. Well, I guess I guess that's why I hate making these blanketed statements because I know there's got to be studios out there that do do it right. You know, they do have the right people, but. God, you know, the ones that I worked at or, you know, even with you, it never felt that way. Definitely, you know, felt like anybody, including like I always joke, the janitor could walk in and say, oh, you know, this level looks a little weird. And they'd be like, you know, the producer would look at you and be like, all right, let's get that on the schedule. Redo this level, (laughs) you know, and it's like, man, can we talk about this? (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, but I know there's got to be. I mean, when I look at games by, you know, like Vicarious Visions or whatever, or no, um, God, what's that studio out of North Carolina? Which game? It's not Epic, right? Uh, Insomniac. Yeah, Insomniac. Like every every game they put out, I'm I'm always like, wow, they seem to just have it together, you know? From concept to finish, when I see their artwork, it's just... And, you know, who knows? They could have a lot of interior stuff. Maybe they have people that have to work over hold, you know, uh, barriers to make it, you know, look that good. So you have the competent people working out. But who knows? You know, it could just be that they have the right people. And, um, you know, you and I, unfortunately, had f- fun mixed bag of. <laughs> <laughs> but um and it is sad because right now I do have one of my buddies working at a studio that has someone we work with that's now a creative director. And it just boggles my mind. You know, it's it's one of those this person can't even, you know, draw, doesn't have any vision, uh, can't even get his vision across. Um mm-hmm. And, but at the studio, you know, I hear that the producers and everybody's always like, oh, blah, blah, you're the man. And it's like, mm. just because they have a name on their resume, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, doesn't mean that they, yeah, anyway, it's, it's no, it's, it's true. It's true. It's, uh, there's a lot of yeah. factors that we don't control. And I think one of the reasons why we get burned out is because of that. 
where yeah. uh, you and myself included, many developers out there that are listening, I think at the base level are pretty straight shooters. It's like either it's good, it's good, or either it's bad, it's bad. Uh, let's work mm-hmm. together. But when it gets kind of messy is when you're climbing up the ladder, and this is something that you know I've stressed many times uh, throughout the years that I've been podcasting and just sharing stories where uh, there's so many different factors that you're going to have to... Making the game is one aspect, but playing mm-hmm. the game to make the game is a different layer that mm-hmm. most people I don't have any interest in. And at some point in my oh, career... Yeah. That was probably, well, I learned really quickly uh, when we were working together. That was like a crash course about welcome to game development. But years <laughs> after, it was like probably my seven-year mm. mark. And I don't know if it was similar to you where my seven-year mark where I was like, uh, there's a certain level of um, distance that I got to keep away to mm. not affect my life because, you know, I was bringing home the problems you know, uh, with my family and stuff. And it was really affecting, uh, my whole day. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, that's a good point. Cause like now that I've left, it's allowed me to kind of calm down and mentally, you know, separate myself from that. Cause I feel like, yeah, I was getting no joke, a little bit of PTSD, whatever you want to call from it, where it's just like every day you're like, Oh my God, I can't believe you know, I know that in a month, this person's going to have us redo this in the next month because that person just doesn't know what they're doing. And it eats away at you, you know, because you have to spend time, you know, your family is like, why aren't you coming home? And you're like, oh my, well, anyway. So I feel like now taking this break, it's given me time to realize like, hey, when I do go back to the game industry, if I do, and I'm a modeler or whatever, I'm not going to get so emotionally involved or try to worry about making, you know what I mean? Like the passion. It's like, unfortunately now the passion's going to be cut in half. Uh, I'm going to become more of a worker. If I am with a team that I can tell is willing to use my extra, you know, passion and skills and I will use it, but otherwise I am not going to worry about, you know, like, like you said, playing the game and just get my paycheck work, you know, do my job and, Because, I mean, when we worked at studios, there were people like that that must have gone through what we went through because they literally put their foot down and they were like, nope, even though we're in crunch, I am one of the six people out of 100 that's going home at 5 o'clock today, you know, because I have a kid. Mm -hmm. And everybody else that doesn't have a kid, hey, you're screwed, or even if you do, but you're, you know, not going to push back with, you know, the higher-ups, then, hey, you're pretty much screwed just working. But, um yeah. So I feel like when I go back, I will be, like I said, a lot more at peace with just the situation and where I'm at. Um, and hopefully, yeah, you will too, if that ever happens.
Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you are liking the podcast, go to the Apple iTunes store and give Game Dev Unchained a five-star rating. This will help spread the joy and love and exposure for the podcast, and we thank you very much. If you want to continue the conversation, go to our Discord, which can be found on our website, www.gamedevunchained.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at BlueChamps, B-L-U-C-H-A-M-P-S. You want to catch these episodes live every Tuesdays and Thursdays, go to twitch.tv forward slash blue underscore champs. Email me any of your concerns or questions that you want me to read aloud at the beginning of each episode at info at gamedevunchained.com. And if you want to further support us and help unlock the next feature, which is the voicemail feature, go to patreon.com forward slash blue champs this gives listeners a chance to kind of call in leave a message for both me and the guests to answer your deepest darkest questions and comment on your deepest darkest secrets thank you everybody